0: Warriors, welcome to Warrior Wisdom, a show where leadership intersects safety and security. We believe risk doesn't have to turn into crisis. At Guy Beverage and Associates, I try to give you all the help you need here on Warrior Wisdom to run a successful and safe business. Whether you're a leader, a manager, a CEO, or somewhere in between, this is the show for you to get into Warrior Wisdom for your business. We know there's an intersection between leadership and safety and security. Great leaders in business know how to manage risk as well as opportunity. Those that get it right have higher employee morale, lower turnover, and surpass their competition. So I'm so glad you're joining us here tonight for Warrior Wisdom. From time to time, we'll jump on here with some guests. If you wanna be a guest on the Warrior Wisdom show, please let us know, Uh, we'll get you on. I wanna talk about something about your business, which you find uh, somewhere between the intersection of leadership and safety and security within your business. If you know someone that will be blessed by this broadcast, please share it with them right now, go ahead. It's free to do. Share it with somebody that's going to be blessed by this. Now, I'm going to jump into our con- our content here tonight. I'm going to talk about the seven deadly sins of negligence in business. But, but before I do that, jump into our comments section and let me know where you're listening from, who you are, maybe name in town or name in business. I'll just steal from Bill O'Reilly. That's fine. Name in town, name in town if you want to comment in there or let us know the business you're representing or you're here listening for tonight. So I'm gonna cover the seven deadly sins of negligence that most businesses commit. Now, obviously I'm being a little hyperbolic here with seven deadly sins, but let's face it, all businesses have risk. If you go into business, you have risk that you assume immediately starting that business. Scott, I see you out there. Thanks, Chicagoland. Uh, Oscar I see you out there from Elgin of course great sausage I always got to bring that up every time I see Oscar out there. So if you are a business and you know that you have risk in your business why hold on to things that you can easily manage and that's what we're going to talk about here tonight. The negligence that you could easily manage by taking uh, this seven deadly sins right here going through it and fixing the ones that you can fix and having a plan to fix uh, the ones that you need to fix over time. Now, I wanna talk a little bit about liability because with risk comes, uh, you think of the term liability. So let's talk about this in a business situation. David, I see you joining us. My friend, Ray Coates, love you, brother. Thanks for joining us tonight too. Liability is is broken down into a two-step process. Number one, you have to ask yourself, can the need be reasonably anticipated? Can the risk that you're trying to mitigate be reasonably anticipated? Now, these are things uh, that lawyers speak, If you, especially if you talk about a civil trial, you have something that happens in your business because you failed to manage something, failed to supervise somebody, then you have to start asking these questions before you can start mitigating. Number one, can the need be reasonably anticipated? So let's think about it from a business standpoint. If you operate a business where you have customers that come in and out of your organization, uh, let's say a retail super center of some sort, and people are regularly and routinely in and out of your organization shopping, and you can then reasonably anticipate that there is a section of the population that could have a heart attack. We've seen it in business. You've seen it on the news. We've, uh, we've seen that it is a possibility. So you can reasonably, as a business, anticipate that need. And when, then you have to start re, uh, having responsible preparation for it. We prepare well in advance of that need ever being exposed in our business because we have reasonably anticipated it. By doing things this way in your business, you're going to start lowering the risk that you have in your business. Listen, whether you have one employee, 100 employees or 1,000 employees, these, these facts right here will hold true for you. So number one, can we reasonably anticipate the need? Going back to the heart attack situation, yes, I can reasonably anticipate the number of customers coming in through my business or the number of employees I have. There is a potential for a medical emergency like a heart attack. So I'm going to have the necessary things in place like training for my employees to get involved in that and the equipment like an AED machine in my business so I have responsible preparation. These are things that you would hear in a trial if you were negligent in some of this. And when we're talking about liability, there are there are four prongs of negligence that you'll be measured on when you have a, a negligent act in your business and this is something that I think is vitally important so again if you do know somebody that's in a leadership position as a supervisor a manager CEO of your company you're definitely going to want to share this with them they probably know this but it's always a good reminder number 1 you have a duty to act every business Whether you, again, whether you have people inside your business that do transactions with you as customers or you have employees, you have a duty to act on their best behalf to prevent injury in the business. Now, if an injury occurs, again, we're going over the four prongs of negligence that will determine the liability or how much maybe money you have to pay out in a civil suit. Did you have a duty to act? So let's go back to the heart attack. If you had re- if you could reasonably anticipate that the need was there, you did not provide an AED and nobody had training to get involved in that medical emergency. You know, as a business, you do have a duty to act. Where you failed that first prong of negligence, so let's move on to the next one, and that is the breach of your duty to act. You had you can reasonably anticipate that there was a need for that type of training and equipment in your facility in your business and you breached that duty to act, again, that's number two on the four prongs of negligence that you will fail this test. Number three is the proximate cause. What was the result of your negligence? What was the result of you not being prepared to mitigate that risk? If you can reasonably anticipate it, you have a a responsibility to prepare in advance for it, You you, you had a duty to act, you breached the duty to act by not having the training and the equipment, Well, and what was the cause? If someone died, if someone was severely injured, uh, that will be what is measured at that point. And then the last prong and the four prongs of negligence will be what damages were suffered. If someone expires in your place of business because you breached your duty to act, knowing you had a duty to act, well, it's going to be very easy then for those attorneys to just start putting zeros on the end of some big numbers on those checks that you and your insurance company are going to be responsible for paying out. I don't know about you, but in my business, I don't wanna pay out things that I don't have to pay out, especially when I can easily mitigate some of these problems within my business so we'll have those up on the screen I saw those coming up already I love my behind-the-scenes team they're just so on top of things like this so duty to act number one breach of duty to act proximate cause what was the result of your duty to act and what were the negative results or what was the outcome and then we start taking a measurement of how much you're going and your insurance company is going to be responsible for in that so let's just cover a little bit of liability now Talking about the seven deadly sins of negligence that I see in just about every business, at least one, maybe two, sometimes more. As businesses, we should be serving our customers, but more important to that, behind the scenes, there's a lot of things we can mitigate that help protect us as we go about our day-to-day business. Number one in here, in the seven deadly sins, as I call them, is failure to train. This is when a business uh, has people that work for them directly or represent your organization and you don't give them any training. They have to be trained for the jobs that you expect them to perform. That training has to be adequate to the job you're asking them to perform. Uh, it has to be done correctly. Um, you can help, You can host this through a private organization. I recommend that if you're a business it should be no problem for you to call in a third party that is insured with quality, qualified people to come in and train your employees in leadership, safety and security where those things intersect. So after your basic and new hire onboarding training, whatever job you expect that employee to perform for you, they have to be trained adequately to the job performance that you expect of them. Training should be job relevant instructions and instructors must be qualified, records must be maintained for any audits, the curriculum that you train them in must be up to date and correct, and learning must be measured. Learning has to be measured because then we have, we know if it was successful or unsuccessful, and then we can bring in some retraining. If the student performs inadequately, the supervisor or the leader or the manager of that that process must follow up with additional training or some documented corrective action. And that could include all the way up to uh, termination. If we cannot, have, if we don't have employees come into our business and they cannot master the skills and we measure the training that we give them and they can't master that after a certain amount of time, then they may not fit within our organization. We have to be okay with that. So failure train is the first one. Now this is, uh, let's say you have a new hire come in and their job is to operate a forklift within your facility. Number one, you should have licensing requirements for that forklift. You should have qualified, quality trainers to train that employee on how to operate the forklift. And then there should be a a period of time after after the initial instruction where they are measured, not against maybe the production standards you have in your organization, but measured for mastery of that task, that they can demonstrate that they can safely and efficiently operate that equipment for you. Your trainer signs off on that. And the employee signs off on that with some sort of statement that I understand that I'm to operate this equipment safely. And I've been trained in all this. This is not something we hurry up and get through. I've worked for an organization before that was kind of like that. We, you get a mass influx of new hire employees and you've got to get through it all in, in a day and a half. And it ends up at some point that some of these employees may not understand everything that you went through, especially if you're covering all covering all the OSHA requirements. And they end up just signing the paperwork saying that they understand that's bad for the organization and it's bad for the employee. So failure to train is one of those. The next one I have for you is is failure to direct or failure to supervise, failure to manage, however you want to name it. Failure to adequately direct your personnel with clear guidance, how to perform their duties through direct supervision or clear and concise plans, policies, and procedures. If you're a fan of our protectors toolkit side of the business, you've heard me say this a number of times, good plans, policies, and procedures that your employees are trained to through quality, qualified trainers will help you lower risk in your business. I can't stress that enough. This is now, this failure or failure to supervisor, is usually found when there's an absence Uh, of organizational policies and procedures this is a this is another risk like I described earlier where you just have people sign off on paperwork and they don't understand what they're signing and you have no measure or mastery of that a well-written policy and procedure manual allows your personnel to understand how to perform their duties it gives your supervisors your leaders and your managers and other senior staff the ability to manage and achieve organizational goals with those employees that they're in charge of and enables your organization to achieve its overall mission, whatever that mission is for you. Now, you may think in a business it is a relief not to have uh, policies and procedures and maybe not go too in-depth on policies and procedures. I will say you could probably get really, really narrow in scope on policies and procedures, and that may hinder or hamper some of your business, but a a, a general policy and how we keep everybody safe and secure, and we show them how to operate equipment and, and set the expectations for them in our business, that is going to prevent some risk in your business. In instances where there might, when there might be a duty to act or protect, the absence of policies might constitute your official policy. What do I mean by that? If you don't have a policy for that, then you're simply opening up the door and people are going to interpret how you expect them to perform that duty or that procedure that you're asking them to to perform. And that has huge risks involved with it. So we want to have a policy for just about everything. But remember, we don't want to be narrow in scope. We want to be wide and general enough that people can operate within that. And when we allow our managers and our supervisors and our leaders to manage that policy for us. Also, trainers must also pass on certain behavior. Trainers sometimes pass along certain behaviors to their, to your employees. So imagine this, you get a new higher end and you get them with a seasoned veteran within your organization. And sometimes there's going to be those gray, area, gray areas where the trainer will say, well, that's just the way we do it. Well, that also may constitute a, an official policy, whether you know it or not. So we also have policies for our trainers, the people that are that uh, We're requiring to lead people, to train people, to supervise people. We have policies for them as well. So it's not just that that's the way we've always done it or do it this way until you can get by, any of that kind of stuff. We don't want to establish unofficial policies through that. We, um, we also want to make sure that our unofficial policy is not the standard by which we are running our business, of course. Last, I'll I'll leave you with this this third one, negligent entrustment. Now, you're probably saying, guy, you only gave me three, and I'm going to tell you about the other ones after this. Negligent entrustment. Now, this can be a combination of failure to train and failure to supervise. Um, When personnel operate any equipment necessary for their job duties, we are entrusting them um, and we're asking them to perform these tasks correctly within policies, mandates, and statutes, within our procedure manual, And if the operator doesn't know how to properly utilize the equipment, then the supervisor or organization can be deemed negligent. Especially in an injury situation, we should have policies for negligent or against negligent entrustment. We do not let people on our equipment or operate any machinery within our workplace. And yes, machinery includes a copy machine. Some of these copy machines are huge. Pulling one door open or one shelf open, and makes that thing fall over and it hurts somebody. And we didn't train them on the proper use of that. Now, you may say that's crazy. That's silly. Listen, get on Google. Look at all the crazy lawsuits that businesses suffer every year because they did not train their employees. And employees sometimes will seize on that opportunity or that ability to stick it to you or get out of that job and get some money in their pocket. So protect against these things. Organizations have to establish a training program for new hires that's very, again, job specific to include training on common tools for the job. Now, once you start figuring this out and going through your process, I advise you to just develop a training program and a manual and a guide and a checklist that your trainers use to make sure every process in there is covered the same way every time with every employee doesn't matter if the employee was hired 90 days ago or nine days ago they're going to have the same training checklist and it is going to be congruent for everybody in that process again i said earlier adequate mastery the skills and tools must be documented typically through your established testing by qualified trainers in your organization trainees should operate under the trainer or mentor until that adequate mastery is achieved and signed off by your trainer and the trainee any anything that they that, that they you don't train them in can constitute what is called deliberate indifference meaning you really didn't care whether they mastered it or not you just needed somebody to get to work and you didn't give them all the training that's not a that's not a trap that you want to fall into within your business so there you have it there's three of the seven for you now like i said you're probably saying guy where are the other ones how can i get these other ones these other four Navigate over to guybeverage.com, guybeverage.com right now. Click on the front page and there will be a pop-up for you to get the other four, the whole seven of the seven deadly sins of negligence that you can download right now over at guybeverage.com and share it far and wide within your organization start working on the ones that you can work on right now the low-hanging fruit as we say and then work on the other ones that are bigger like developing policies and procedures and that's the time to partner up with us at GuideBeverage.com. we will come in with you right there uh, stay a while look around the site see what we offer get in touch with us so we can help you in your business navigate the intersection between leadership and safety and security so risk never turns into crisis in your business please go find us over all of our social media you can find everything out there that you need on the youtube the twitter uh we're even on TikTok, linkedin facebook find us out there and connect with us on the youtube make sure you hit that subscribe button and hit the bell so you get notifications when we post new content for you and your business that's what we have for you tonight thank you